The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air, and it's time to do some Monday morning quarterbacking with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach, and former Wildcat signal caller, Freddie Maggard, live from Wild Eggs in Lexington. It's time to send your questions to Freddie. Tweet at Leach Report, or you can email to leachreport at gmail.com. And you can always call toll-free at 877-904-1080. It's all Wildcats, all the time. Served up on the Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report at Wild Eggs. Now, here's Tom and Freddie. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to our Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report after a Kentucky victory over Vanderbilt, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, today uh, and take your questions. Tweet those in to at TomLeachKY, or you can email LeachReport at gmail.com, uh, and we will pass them along to the former Wildcat QB, Freddie Maggard, who normally would be on location with us, but uh, is going to have to join us via the uh, telephone today and we'll do so here shortly as we are in the mobile clark's pump and shop studio out at the wild eggs in hamburg here in lexington for our shows we alternate between here and palomar each week and always encourage you to come out and join us uh, if you can listen on the iheart radio app to the show while you enjoy a great breakfast here at wild eggs let's get right into the wildcat news of the day and uh, there's a, a private memorial service being planned this afternoon for John Schlarman at uh, Kroger Field. Uh, I believe you'll be able to watch uh, via the UK football Twitter feed or the Facebook feed, but it is uh, private for family members, uh, the team, and I think former players as well. Uh, that'll be uh, coming up later this afternoon. And it was uh, Schlarman's big blue wall. That led the way to a Kentucky uh, 38-point performance. Cats uh, end up holding on to win 38-35 over Vanderbilt in a game that was uh, closer than it that it should have been. Kentucky had 17-point leads on a couple of different occasions. Um, went to uh, their their backup quarterbacks uh, in the end because Coach Stoops wanted to get those guys an opportunity. And he acknowledged after the game they could have done their normal routine of uh, their four-minute offense and, and run down the clock and uh, kept the margin a little wider. But he felt it was important to get those guys uh, on the field. And we'll talk uh, with, with Freddie about that here in a bit. Just an emotional day all the way around from the start of the game where uh, Landon Young was wearing John Schlarman's number from his playing days at UK, number 65. And when Kentucky went to the field to start the game, um, Landon waited on the sidelines, and they uh, took a delay of game penalty while they left uh, John Schlarman's uh, guard position open, the position he played in college for the Wildcats, and uh, a missing man formation, if you will. And Kentucky took the delay of game penalty, and in a classy move, Vanderbilt uh, declined the penalty. Uh, Coach uh, Derek Mason did that. So uh, then Landon ran out there, and Kentucky ended up rushing for over 300 yards, led by Christopher Rodriguez, first running back uh, to have consecutive 100-yard rushing games since Benny Snell did it at the end of the 2018 season, as Rodriguez ran for a career-high 149 yards on just 13 carries. Terry Wilson, I thought, was very sharp, um, uh, very decisive, um, and efficient with his throws, Got the ball down the field a little bit. Uh, a couple of touchdown passes to tight ends. Um, one on a, a seam route to Justin Rigg and one on a kind of a skinny post to Keaton Upshaw. 
And now the, the Wildcats certainly should have gained some confidence with their performance against Vanderbilt. Now the Wildcats prepare to head down to play Alabama today. And they open up as a 31-point underdog this week for the game against the Crimson Tide. And uh, Kentucky's had, I think it's 34 consecutive games since an opponent scored 40 or more against them. And uh, that's not a bad stat in this day and time when offenses are so prolific. And um, Alabama's is one of those. In fact, the next two, uh, Florida just hung 63 on Arkansas over the weekend. So uh, Kentucky's defense, which did not play well on Saturday, but has played pretty well this season, uh, the Wildcats led the SEC in, in scoring defense and in red zone defense, and uh, both areas were not strong for them, so they'll get severely tested over these next couple of weeks. A couple of other notes, uh, Syracuse men's basketball coach Jim Beheim uh, tests positive for the coronavirus, so uh, we'll send out good thoughts to him. So far, I think all the reports are, uh, are good for how it's uh, hitting him. But, nevertheless, it will impact his basketball program. And we're seeing a lot of this through college basketball as the season is, uh, the start of the season is coming up next week. Uh, Will Muschamp has been fired at South Carolina. So he will not be on the sidelines when uh, Kentucky hosts the Gamecocks next month. And as expected, Anthony Davis opted out of his current contract with the Lakers. But he's expected to re-sign with them just a much more lucrative deal. Uh, we do a uh, contest on the Leach Report Facebook page each week, prediction contest. And uh, this past week, it was for how many rushing yards for Kentucky against Vandy. It was 308. Brian Thomas was closest to it. So we appreciate uh, Brian participating in the contest. He'll win a Wild Eggs gift card and uh, look for another contest. Uh, usually post those on Friday on the Leach Report Facebook page. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're on location at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. And Freddie Maggard will join us when we come right back. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report on location at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. And uh, before we bring in uh, Freddie, let me play you a clip from postgame on Saturday after Kentucky defeated Vanderbilt. Uh, one of the players who talked was Landon Young, who, as we said earlier, wore John Slarman's number 65 in the game. And uh, Landon talked about, uh, after the game, what you know, an emotional day this was like for the players. We had a chance to go see Coach Sarman, um, I reckon, about a week before he passed away, uh, me, DK, Drake, and Luke. And, um, you know, I knew it was getting pretty bad at that point. But still, when we walked in there, he's just talking nothing about nothing but football, saying, man, you all really got him after him at Georgia. He said, you know, keep your heads high, keep swinging. He was texting all of us saying, man, I love you. I miss you. I wish I was out there, and I'm sorry that I'm not. And for a man that's going through everything that he is, and say I'm sorry for not being there. It hits hard. That man gave everything he had to this game. And uh, I couldn't ask for a better coach to be able to spend my last eight years with. Landon Young, um, a uh, mountain of a man, if you will, 
And uh, I think it kind of gets to everybody a little bit when you hear his uh, voice crack like that. As we bring in Freddie Maggard, uh, who um, will uh, give us his uh, insight on this game as we move through the show and, and looking forward in the season. But I've got to start with just what an emotional day it was for uh, all of those players and, and coaches and um, there, you know, you um, you hope like heck you can get out of there with a win, but um, you, the uh, the thing is, you're just doing your best to to play in a way that honors the memory of John Schlarman, right? Absolutely, Tom. I mean, I, we can talk X's and O's, we can talk numbers, we can break down this game, but Saturday was so much more than just a game of football. It was a tribute and an honor to John Schlarman. Uh, from his offensive line, from the team, from the coaches and fans. And that's what was really important uh, about Saturday was that picture when the linemen were waving at Leanne and the kids after the game. Uh, the first play of the game where Kentucky took a, a uh, delay a game so Landon Young could run on with the missing left guard spot there, uh, which John Schlarman occupied at an all-SEC level at Kentucky. So, we, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the game. We're going to break it down. But the most important thing was that those players got out of bed, got dressed, ran onto the field, and played a football game in the face of incredible adversity. And I am so proud of this football team for what they did on Saturday. Yeah, when I did the pregame with uh, Coach Stoops uh, last week, uh, well, the first question I started with is, you know, for a – uh, and you played college football. It's 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 fun. I mean, you 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 enjoy it. It's you uh, you get a lot out of it. But right. it is hard. Uh, it, you know, it takes a toll on your body, um, demanding of of your time. And there, are, you know, perks that balance all that stuff out. But now this year, if you're a college football player, Kentucky and, and everywhere, you're dealing with you know COVID nineteen and those issues and, and your family. And then you add in, uh, for these guys, particularly the offensive linemen in that room, uh, losing your coach within the season and seeing him, you know, go through the, the fight and the toll that it takes on him. It's um, it's tough. Yeah, it, it is tough, Tom. And you're right. It's You know, everybody looks at college football as running out of the tunnel in front of 70,000 fans. The accolades that it brings, the recognition, the specialization that, that you get, from being a, a, an SEC college football player. But this year has been tough, like you said. Uh, not only with, with Coach Lawrence's passing, they've had to deal with Chris uh, Chris Oates in that situation. I mean, this team has been through so much, so much. This year, I, I know everybody says that this, this year is a, is a unique and a strange year in college football across the country. But for Kentucky, uh, you know, everybody wants the record to be better. Everybody wanted to beat Missouri and, beat Ole Miss and, and all that, but this team has been through so, so much. Just the ordinary COVID year and then add on losing arguably your best defensive player in Chris Oates and then losing the guy that built the big blue wall with John Sharman. This team's been through a whole heck of a lot. I truly enjoyed seeing smiles from the offense and in John Sharman fashion, Tom. Kentucky rushed for 308 yards and had zero negative plays, zero negative yards in the run game, in the pass game, and, 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 and dominated the line of scrimmage. And I know that those players went out and played like Coach Larman taught them and developed them and taught them the technique to do that. So uh, I was happy to see the, those offensive players smiling after enjoying a successful day. Yeah, for those offensive linemen, I thought that was a – I didn't actually realize it as the game was – 
unfolding. But to have a game in which you don't give up a, a sack or a, a lost yardage play, so not a single yeah. negative play allowed, and that's uh, that's pretty rare. So uh, kudos yeah, to those plays, guys. Four, yeah, fifty-five plays, four hundred fifty-eight total yards, zero uh, tackles for loss, zero quarterback sacks allowed, and Kentucky averaged eight point three yards per play. Uh, that's pretty daggone good. And, and then in the rush game. Uh, you know, that, that was awesome what Kentucky did running the ball. We saw Chris Rodriguez just continue to be a monster there at the running back position. Cats averaged 8.8 yards per carry, had 35 carries for 308 yards. That, that was a John Schlarman offensive uh, performance by the Kentucky Wildcats. Chat with uh, Freddie Maggard on our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. He joins us via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline today. And we'll be right back to uh, continue get into this game a little bit and uh, what uh, the high points were for Kentucky and then look forward to uh, what's coming. Or I guess look ahead, baby. More than look forward would be the proper term. We'll be right back on the Leach Report Radio Network. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. On location at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report with Freddie Maggard. I uh, said that it had uh, been like a streak of 34 games since uh, an opponent scored 40 or more against Kentucky, given that Bama's a 31-point favorite this week. Coach Grody tweets in, Ole Miss scored 42 this season. I obviously left out, I should have added, in regulation. When you get into overtime, statistics get get skewed. So um, for uh, purposes of a streak, I'm really thinking about in terms of regulation, which you is the same from week to week. So uh, the most, I think, is uh, 35 that Ole Miss scored in that game. Um, is the most that uh, anyone had scored uh, for quite a long time. And uh, Alabama's a big, big favorite this weekend against the Cats, which we'll talk uh, a little bit more about uh, in the second half of our show. But right now we want to focus on what Kentucky did in this win. And for Freddie, Freddie, for the offense, this uh, was certainly, uh, I would think, uh, the confidence boost that they needed. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see what Kentucky focused on. A couple of things. You could tell that Eddie Grant and his staff really got into the passing game and dialed up some throws that, that Terry was comfortable with. I thought he showed a good vision with the two touchdowns to the tight ends. Over the middle of the field, that, that, that's a difficult thing to do. Uh, and, and running the football effectively. And, and, and how Kentucky runs the football effectively is handing the football to Chris Rodriguez. That offensive line played really well. Uh, some things that I was pleased with, Tom, is the Kentucky quarterbacks completed uh, passes to 10 different players on Saturday, and, and that, that's pretty daggone good. And we already touched on the zero lost yards. Uh, but uh, the Cats were only at 37, uh, 38% on third down. Uh, that was a little bit uh, lower than I thought that they would do. Um, but 458 total yards, I think it was a good mix of run and pass. And, and uh, I, I thought uh, one of the most uh, uh, impactful portions of the game was when Bo Allen came in and got his first action. And, and he had, uh, I'm not for sure, maybe six plays, five were passes. And I think that was Coach Mark Stoops showing that the future 
of, of his program is throwing the football uh, more than they, they, than it does now. And I think that was a message to the young pass catchers that were that are committed uh, to sign with Kentucky uh, on signing day. So a lot of good things offensively, a whole heck of a lot of good things. I thought A.J. Rose ran the ball better, ran behind his pass, ran over the DB there to get the first down. So it was overall, it was, it was an excellent offensive performance by the Cats. Stoops mentioned after the game with respect to Bo that uh, he uh, referenced it was important for the program to get him in there. I think that speaks to what you're talking about uh, to um, let those receivers know that they have commitments from and and the ones that they're still trying to recruit that um, uh, what what could be coming. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly what what Coach Stoops did. And and Bo showed some promise. He had some good throws there. Uh, The one miss he had on the vertical route, I thought that maybe that was a back shoulder fade that just uh, the, the receiver was just running past the DB and di- didn't get that. Uh, didn't get that. So, uh, but I thought Bo played well, and I thought Terry Wilson played excellent. Uh, you know, he thirteen to fifteen for one hundred ten yards and two touchdowns. Didn't turn the ball over. Had one fumble that Justin Rigg did a great job of fighting for. Uh, but yes, he uh, did. You know, the turnover margin was something that I was really keeping an eye on. On Saturday, because Vanderbilt was minus eight, Kentucky plus four, and uh, neither had a turnover. So, uh, yep. you know, we can talk about the defense in a minute. I, I was surprised by the success of the Vanderbilt running uh, or, or offensive attack. But you and I talked about Keon Henry Brooks is a special player, and he is a really, really good running back. And, and 29 carries, went over 100, 121 yards. Uh, uh, unfortunately, he got hurt towards the end of the game, but I think he's a special player. And then Vanderbilt has those big receivers. I thought Ken Seal, as a true freshman, had more success than I thought he would against the secondary. Kentucky came into the game with a top-ranked pass defense in the SEC, and Vanderbilt uh, Vanderbilt threw for 227 yards and, and, and didn't throw an interception. So, uh, But the big key on defense, Tom, the number I'm looking at is Vanderbilt was 11 out of 17 on third down. Yeah, I think so there were two out of two out of two, maybe on yeah. fourth, which made that effectively yeah. thirteen of seventeen. So uh, yeah. that uh, that is something. I think uh, the last three games, uh, the third down conversion rate, when you factor in fourth downs as well, is up around sixty percent. And uh, right. obviously, that needs to change. We're going halfway home on this edition of the Leach Report. We'll get into more of this when we come back with Freddie Maggard on the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. From the Mobile Clark's Pump and Shop Studio, it's the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report on location here at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg, where they have uh, had this new patio that they built uh, that they share with the Drakes uh, next door. Um, and it uh, now has a covering over it that they can, so making it uh, able to be continue to be used. So uh, as long as the weather's like it is uh, today, you can even uh, enjoy uh, the patio here at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. Um, see, Mark Story just tweeted this out. Uh, Louisville star running back Javian Hawkins opting out of the remainder of the 2020 season and will enter uh, and start preparing for the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, of course, yeah. Kentucky's uh, not playing Louisville uh, in the regular season. Chance they could perhaps uh, meet up in a bowl game, but uh, you know, you, you wonder if you'll start to see more of this in the uh, in this last month of the season, Freddie. I, I think we will, Tom. I, I think it's going to become 
more and more common for players to, to opt out and, and prepare for the draft. And listen, I'm all for it. You be you. You know, these players have their best interest in heart. Uh, they, you know, just spe- uh, certainly Javion Hawkins has given, uh, that program the best that he has. And, and that best was pretty daggone good. So I wish him nothing for the best, uh, but the best going forward. Absolutely. Back to a little more on the Kentucky win over Vandy. Uh, let's talk about uh, Terry Wilson. Numbers, uh, very good. Uh, but yeah. uh, a couple things, you can speak to this from uh, being an old quarterback. I thought uh, he was uh, better in the pocket, uh, yeah. moving around in the in the pocket. Sometimes it, uh, it, maybe with the open date they were able to, to focus some more on those kind of mechanics. And I thought he was very decisive with his throws, sometimes he and, and Joey Gatewood, I think, still has, uh, has a, a, this tendency too, to sometimes hold on to the ball too long, be a little indecisive. And I thought Terry was really, you know, crisp throws, got the ball out quickly, and that uh, was a noticeable difference. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He had good pocket mechanics, stepped up, moved around, uh, got the football out of his hands quickly, uh, had good protection, and 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 made uh, timely throws. So. Yeah, Terry Wilson had a, had a very good and just an incredible yeah. scramble, you know. And and this was that was one of the plays right there at the, near the end of the first half, which led to a field goal. And it's third and twenty six, and he scrambles yeah. for twenty seven. And uh, Vandy sent a blitz, and the safety missed him, got his uh, arms around his waist, but Terry was able to pull away. And that was as he had stepped up into the pocket. So yeah. once he steps up, then he veers off to the right. And the only guy chasing him is over 300 pounds. So that was quite a mismatch. And he's able to get free down the sideline and run for a first down. And just an incredible conversion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he saw the opening. Uh, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt in the coverage and stepped up and ran down for, uh, on third and 26, got the first down. That, that's not very common. And then uh, his touchdown run. I mean, I thought we saw the speed there from Terry that Mm -hmm. we all knew that he had. And he turned on the Jets, and he he was down the sideline quickly. Yeah, when he got to the the corner again, he was being chased by a lineman, and he got the the edge there. And... um, just sailed down the sideline. And Vandy had uh, uh, an excellent uh, defensive end in Odangbo. Uh, you talked yeah. about him uh, last week. And uh, yeah. this, again, a tribute to, to John Slarman's big blue wall. Those Kentucky tackles negated him. Absolutely. Three total tackles that he had. Zero uh, tackles for loss. Zero quarterback size. I do think he's an excellent player, and I, and I do think he'll play on Sundays. Uh, but Kentucky did a really good job of identifying where he lined up. Vanderbilt tried to put him at all all different spots along the offensive line and kentucky had an answer for him everywhere he lined up uh let's uh let me get a question here while we're talking about quarterbacks this is from kevin um he says i've I've always thought since the first time i saw bo years ago that he throws the football not uh, not pass it it's a different motion but fast and and usually accurate uh any thoughts on uh, on that yeah, he does have a quick release. Uh, I mean, he's decisive, quick release, confident. You know, he came in. I didn't see any sign of nerves or any sign of of, uh, of stress there in the pocket. I thought he did a really good job, and that's what I expected from Bo. But, yeah, he, he's got the arm talent. He can make every throw in the passing tree, and uh, he's got a quick release and very accurate. You know, I, you're, you're – uh comment about his uh, presence there in the pocket and the poise I, I thought that was evident too and not surprising sometimes in basketball you talk about you know the point guard that's the son of a right. coach and how um 
you know high their their IQ for the game is and uh, Bo is the son of former Kentucky quarterback Bill Allen so he's kind of born to be a quarterback yeah he, he was born for that spot so I, I was very happy to see Bo and, and, and I was happy for Bill and Ingrid to uh, to see uh, for, for Bo to get his action first action in a college football game I thought he performed extremely well we're uh, talking with Freddie Maggard here on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Let's uh, shift to the defense. and uh, This is a defense that coming in was number one in scoring defense in the SEC, yeah. uh, number one pass defense, number one in red zone defense. And actually, they're still number one in red zone defense, even after Vandy yeah. went four for four. But uh, what did you see in terms of why they struggled the way that they did? You know, it, it just seemed like the, the, the defense was just off. Uh, there was just something not right about the defense, and, and I'm sure. And, and for Kentucky to have a win in the SEC, given all the adversity it went through, and, and having all that film for Brad White to, to get in there today and and make corrections, you know, could be a good thing uh, uh, because Kentucky played a lot of young guys, played a whole lot of, of younger players, and, and and once you get that on film, you can start making corrections and, and begin their development into being starters down the road. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, Kentucky didn't influence or bother or aggravate Ken Seals in the, in the pocket. And, and that, you know, that, that was a little bit concerning. They only had one sack for the day and three quarterback hurries. Uh, that's not a high number when you're, when you're wanting to influence a true freshman quarterback on the road. I think that had something to do with it. Uh, Marcus Brimbury came in and played well for DeAndre Square, had 10 tackles. So uh, it was just an off day for the defense. And, and the alarming number there is, is Vanderbilt was 4-4 four four in the red zone. I thought Vandy would have success from 30 to 30 with Keon Henderbush, Ken Seals, those receivers, the tight end they have was pretty good. Uh, but I was shocked at the red zone defense for the Cats, who came in first in the conference and, like you said, somehow still first in the SEC in red zone defense. But and one thing about the four, four was was alarming. One thing about the red zone from Vandy's perspective is that uh, they put in essentially a red zone package because they had had such struggles right. down in that part of the field, turnovers, etc. that they put in the the uh, other quarterback or backup who was right. also a true freshman, but they had a package just for uh, him when they got down around the end zone which was effective for them. And it's you know with Square being out, he's one of the, you know, quarterbacks of, of the defense as a veteran yeah. inside linebacker and so Davis moves over to play Square's spot. And Bembry, uh, who had customarily backed up Jamin, so they leave him in his normal spot and let Jamin go over to square spot. And there are different, uh, you know, some different responsibilities. And Jamin had a career high 15 tackles and Bembry had 10, but still they may well have, you know, had some assignment uh, misses on, on some yeah. of the plays because of the, the shifting around. Yeah, there, there's run, the run fits are different for linebackers at those two positions. So uh, you, you had a first time starter and you had. You're arguably your best defensive player playing a new position. So, yeah, those, those spots aren't interchangeable. And there were some new run fits, I'm sure, and, and some pass drops that uh, Kentucky would like to, to do uh, a little bit better there. But, you know, the, uh, Jamin Davis is third in the SEC in total tackles, and he's, he's turned into a, a tackling machine for, for yeah. Brad White. And, you know, credit to Cash Daniel because before the season he said that, that Jamin Davis would be the breakout player on this team, and he was exactly right. 
That was a good call. It's five straight double-figure yeah. tackle games for Jamin. And we should uh, bounce back to the outfits, uh, give kudos to uh, a couple of guys. We talked about the O-line and the job they did collectively, but you had um, uh, Kenneth Horsey, who was out of the game, yeah. and then Fortner uh, started, but I think maybe only played the one series. So I, I knew going in they were going to try to limit his snaps, but they ended up uh, having to limit them uh, tremendously because of, uh, I think, an ankle issue for him. So I'm guessing it was a, a deal where he it was important to him to be out there for that first series uh, because of uh, his you know, senior and, and his coach uh, passing away. But then you had Quincy Wilson, who played the game at left guard, and Austin Dotson at right guard, and obviously uh, they did quite well. They did real well. I was really pleased with Wilson and Dotson uh, getting in there and, and having extended action. I, I thought I thought both of them played at a high level. And that's you know we talked about tribute to John Sarban, and I know they're having something at UK today uh, for him a memorial service. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be there. I'm in Corbin uh, until Wednesday. So, uh, but yeah, I thought you know those two developmental players coming in played at a high level was yet another uh, tribute to, to Coach Lawrence Slarman and what he's, how he's developed those offensive linemen. And, you know, you just plug and play. And, and Wilson and Dawson did a tremendous job on Saturday. We chat with Freddie Maggard. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report on location here at the Wild Eggs in Hamburg. And we'll be right back on the Leach Report Radio Network. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report from the mobile Clark's Pump and Shop studio here at Wild Eggs in Hamburg. And Freddie Maggard is joining us on the line Um Freddie, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, the next challenge for the Wildcats. Earlier, I, may, I said, Kentucky, you know, be looking forward to what's coming. And then I said, well, actually, more it's looking ahead. I don't know if you look forward <laughs> to playing the Crimson Tide as a 31-point underdog. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, if you're if you're on that staff this week, what uh, you know, how would you uh, approach uh, preparing your team for this particular challenge? You know, you prepare your team to win a football game. Uh, there's never a game that a uh, that a college football coach goes into thinking that that he's going to lose and if any players that uh, have hesitance or doubt that they can beat Alabama well they shouldn't get on the plane to go to Tuscaloosa I mean this this is uh, this is SEC football and if there's doubts or, or, or there's hesitation then uh, there's no room for that so uh, I think uh, you know you got to prepare like you're going like you're going to Tuscaloosa to win and that may be against the odds, and, and, and that may be crazy talk, but that's the way it's got to be. You know, I, the, w- one of the craziest sets of scores, I think, in the history of Kentucky football, this was in the 1970 season, and uh, Kentucky uh, lost the opening game of the season to Indiana 58-30, to and the next week beat Archie Manning and Ole Miss 10-9. to So, <laughs> you know, uh, that – yeah, you know, the strange, strange things uh, happen occasionally. Yeah, uh, and you know, if you're a player, you look forward to. Um, I mean, you know the enormity of the challenge, but uh, you look yeah. forward to testing yourself against this uh, caliber of opponent. Absolutely, and then there, there's players that hey, listen. This is going to be the film, the first film that the NFL scouts look at for Darian Kennard, Landon Young, Drake Jackson. 
this 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 film here is what what the scouts are going to look at, and especially those DBs. If there's aspirations for Kelvin Joseph or Brandon Eccles to or Yusuf Corker or Corker for the NFL, this is the tape you're going to look at because this Alabama team has a lot of ones to it. First of all, it's the number one ranked team in the country, uh, and it's got the number one. Uh, rush offense in the country. I'm sorry, number four rush offense in the country, but the number one scoring offense in the SEC with 47 points a game, 380 pass yards is first in the SEC. Mac Jones is the number one rated quarterback in the SEC, and the number one uh, receiver is, is Devontae, or number two receiver is Devontae Smith. So a lot of number ones there with Kentucky, and Najee Harris is the number one running back in the SEC. So a lot of number ones related to this Alabama football. Yeah, Alabama's Alabama every year. And uh, for I think back to 2016 uh, when Kentucky went down to Tuscaloosa the last time and, um, yeah. you know, had a new quarterback, uh, uh, relatively new in the job, and Stephen Johnson after uh, Drew Barker had uh, gone down with the injury. And, uh, yeah. you know, Kentucky had struggled against New Mexico State and then, uh, you know, had uh, – I think maybe they'd beaten South Carolina and Vandy perhaps before they went down to Alabama. Anyway, the Alabama players came away talking about how physical uh, Kentucky was, and uh, I don't think people thought much about it at the time. And as the season played out, Kentucky got much better. Um, it uh, you know it, it took on uh, that comment took on more weight. And, and if you think about it, Tom, that. To it, uh, Shannon. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back and uh, get uh, reconnect with uh, Freddie. Seems to have a little bit of a bad connection right there. So let's take our last break, and then we'll come back with our final segment of the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report from Wild Eggs in Hamburg. Huh. All right, we've reconnected with uh, Freddie Maggard here for our final segment of the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Freddie, we're talking about that 2016 game in Alabama and how physically Kentucky played, and the Tide players took notice of it. Uh, can you hear me now, Tom? We got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, looking back, I think that was when the Big Blue Wall really started to find its personality. That's a that good point. At Alabama, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it, yeah. That is a, an excellent uh, point. Uh, Mac Jones, the player that Kentucky had a commitment from at, at one time. I'm sure you've watched quite a bit of uh, his performances, maybe last season as well as this season. Uh, what uh, what must Kentucky do to try to bother him? Well, you can't give up the home run shot. Alabama lives on those vertical passing routes, and, and he is very good. I'm happy for Mac, uh, enjoying success, and he's in. He's he's really in the Heisman race right now. Yeah, and it's throwing for 380 yards a game, and he is very, very good at throwing uh, deep balls. And Kentucky, we've got to keep everything in front of it in that secondary. Kentucky's defense—you could sell this to them as, as their coach. You have a chance to impact the Heisman race over the next two weeks because Kyle Trask is getting a lot of buzz yeah. at Florida too. Well, absolutely, and then Kyle Trask came to be Kyle Trask at, in Kroger <laughs> yes. Field. That's so, right. <laughs> Kentucky has a significant hand in this Heisman race going forward. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and and you know their defense has one thing they have done very well is not give up the the home run play. They gave up, uh, right. I think, maybe three twenty plus yards yardage plays on Saturday, which has uh, been very very much uh, not their mo. So I'm sure that'll be yeah, a big it, point of emphasis. 
Absolutely. And the Alabama defense is not as dominant as we've seen in the past. Teams are going for 260 yards against them, mostly because they're playing catch-up. But Alabama is defensively is not the overbearing defense. It's still a really, really good defense, but it's not at the elite level that we're used to seeing the Tide. They've given up a lot of yards and points this season. Yeah, it's uh, you know Nick Saban has uh, has said he you know has come to appreciate uh, how potent your offense has to be to chase national championships, and so they've uh, clearly uh, gotten really good at uh, at hitting home runs, and that's uh, it's quite a challenge for the Kentucky defense this week. Yes, it was very much a challenge. You know, you can focus on that passing game, then you have to deal with Najee Harris, the the number one running back in the SEC. You know, and if you on the running game, then you got the number one quarterback and Matt Jones with the number one passing attack with Alabama. So it's uh, you pick your poison there. Indeed, you do, Freddie. Thank you much, and uh, we'll talk to you next okay, Monday. Tom. Freddie Maggard joining us on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline here on the Leach Report. Uh, the same Wildcat history, two thousand and two. Artus Penner ran for four touchdowns in a Kentucky win over Vanderbilt. At the time, he was the first player ever to score four TDs in a game twice when he did it that day. Benny Snell subsequently uh, had two four-TD games in his career. So he and Toos, two of the best ever at the running back position for Kentucky, the only two guys to have uh, achieved that particular stat. Uh, coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, Kyle Tucker is actually going to Switch to the Tuesday show tomorrow uh, from theathletic.com. And he had that beautiful story a few weeks ago about John Schlarman. So uh, I know Kyle will have some thoughts uh, about John as well as uh, Kentucky basketball season coming up uh, starting next week, if all goes well. Kyle was tweeting yesterday about uh, taking the players down to uh, Rupp to go through some of the game day operations and then go through a scrimmage so we'll get into more of that tomorrow Kyle and Larry Vaught as well on the Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. Have a good day everybody. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show and be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page if you have a question for Tom email it to LeachReport at gmail.com see you next time right here on